welcome to the Proper Mental Podcast. Normalising open and honest conversations about mental health by having open and honest conversations about mental health. to episode 91 of the Proper Mental Podcast. And this week I'm joined by Chris Glasson and Stuart Whiffin from the Hardcore Listing Podcast. Hardcore Listing is one of my favourite pods. If you haven't heard it, I highly recommend you check it out. There's loads of episodes to choose from. There's well over 400 and it's had over a million downloads, I think. But basically, each week the guys or a guest picks a top five. It can be absolutely anything and they just break it down and get into it. And whatever comes up, comes up. And it's a lot of fun. It's a really, really good podcast. And they are lovely blokes. But one of my favourite things about the show is that Chris and Stu are not afraid of more challenging conversations. They're not afraid of getting deep and talking very openly and very vulnerably. And there's something about their connection as friends that makes that a really wonderful listen. I mean, don't get me wrong. Most of the time, they're just talking absolute nonsense. It's complete drivel. But in between, there are these moments of vulnerability that are just really, really lovely. And I think in the men's mental health conversation, we're always telling men that they can't speak. You know, men don't talk, men don't talk. But I think men do. They just need to have the right people to listen and they need the right environment. And I think Chris and Stu are really lovely examples of of two friends being able to completely like reach out and depend on each other. And it's, yeah, it's always nice when they have those deep conversations. It's always very touching. And so I've been lucky enough to meet them both previously. I've met Stu a few times through various podcast things and through Pod Bible magazine, which he's one of the founders of. And I met Chris earlier this year when I guested on Hardcore Listing. So it was wonderful just to kind of just to catch up with them really and see what they've been up to and, and just to hang out with them again. It was really cool. And we just get into it. We just have a chat. And exactly as you expect, it's a lot of insults, offensiveness and general stupidity. And in amongst that, some really lovely, open, vulnerable moments. We talk about loneliness loneliness as men we talk about the importance of environment we talk about piss taking and friendship we talk about showing vulnerability and having open conversations we talk about men telling their male friends that they love them and how important that is it's really really cool i took a bit of a different approach with this episode so i always make loads of notes like i'm a a fanatic note taker every episode has got pages and pages of notes i've got them all in these notebooks And I thought this one, because I know the guys, and it was just going to be a chat with no real sort of expected outcome or agenda, I thought I'd just kind of go in blind. So we hit record, we just started chatting, and it was really lovely. I wouldn't do it again. I felt quite anxious, to be quite honest with you, without my safety net of loads of notes. (laughs) But the guys were just lovely, and we had a lot of fun. If you'd like to connect with them, you can get their podcast anywhere. I've put a link in the episode notes to my episode when I was on. I did a top five uh, lesser known things that are good for mental health. You can start there and after that, jump in anywhere you like. There's hundreds of them and they're all great. You can connect with the lads on social media at Hardcore Listings. And if you enjoyed this episode, screenshot it, tag them in it, tag me, help us spread the word. It'd be very much appreciated. If you want to connect with me on social media at Proper Mental Podcast or head to my website and drop me an email. And if you've got two minutes to like or subscribe, 
leave me a review. That would be very much appreciated. Anyway, let's get into it. This is episode 91 of the Proper Mental Podcast with Chris and Stu from Hardcore Listening. Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy. Hello, mate. How you doing? How are you? You all right? Yeah, good, man. I'm really good. How are you? Yeah, well away. Well away. Let me just turn my me, me phone off so I don't get any on the ball. So, you good? I'm good, mate. I'm very good, actually. Very, very good. Yeah. As good as I've just took, um, I just took my kids for a swimming lesson. And uh, so, I'm as good as you can be. I'm still trying to like get my heart rate down <laughs> afterwards, man. It's like fucking herding cats. But, oh, um, mate. Yeah, but other than that, I'm wicked, man. Yeah, I'm really good. How are you, mate? My heart rate's finally subsided. My my 19-year-old daughter got back from her first girl's holiday in Magaluf. Wow. Uh, at the 3 o'clock this morning. So she's home in one piece. So that was a, a, a big uh, a big weight off of my mind. Oh, mate, I can well imagine. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little yeah. bit, uh, little bit uh, stressful. But yeah, all good. All, <laughs> all good. good, mate. All good, yeah. Fantastic. Oh, mate, thank you for this this evening. I really appreciate it, Mum. Oh, we're looking forward to it. Me and Chris recorded a couple this morning, so uh, we, we're saying that we're, we're, we're looking forward to it tonight. Oh, sick. Do you yeah. do you want me to record my audio my end? Um, I'll probably just do it off Zoom, to be honest, that's, if that works for you, Stu, if that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah, that tends to be what I usually, um, usually do. It usually works out all right. Yeah, yeah, I'll use the Zoom for off the beaten mm-hmm. track. And uh, hello. Hello, mate. Hello. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Tom. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, man. Good, good, good. Yeah, nice to see you again, man. Yeah, you too, mate. I really enjoyed our chat. I really did. That was really cool. Um, Oh, mate, thank you. Yeah, and it's nice to see. Like, you know, I famously don't listen to podcasts, but I see. I keep seeing who who you have it on. Oh, uh, mate, it's nice to see some familiar faces on there. So, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I've been mopping up a few a few people that you boys know recently. But, <laughs> oh, that's um, great. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, man, definitely. <clears throat> Is that you kind of like, I don't know, you speak to like a few people and then you, I think when I spoke to Gary, he said there's like all these like little triangles in the podcasting world going, going around and it's quite nice to kind of connect a few up. You feel like you know people already, which makes it mm. so much easier to have a good conversation because yeah. you kind of feel like you know them even though you've never met them before. It's dead. Uh, it's <laughs> a nice cool, little community, right? Hmm. And like Gary's great as well, man. Like, oh what, man, what a story! Oh, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, absolutely mad. That's story. an easy one, isn't it? Because you just say to him, like, "How did it all start, Gaz?" And then, Bob, <laughs> yeah, like, he and, just tells you. Yeah, an hour later, it's like, right, sound cheers, episode in the bag. <laughs> yeah, an hour later, you're, you're like, "Fucking, I'm so glad I don't work in emergency services." But uh, oh, fair play, man. Fair play. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Excuse me. I, I haven't really got much of a plan this evening. Oh, I thought sure. we'd just say go and just kind of go for it and just have a bit of a have a bit have a bit of a, a chat and see what <laughs> see what comes out if that that works for you guys. Yeah, man. Let, let us know if me and she get carried away because it is your podcast. And oh, mate, sometimes not- if we're on other people's podcasts, we can we can slip into hardcore listing mode and forget, you know. So you know, oh, if mate, you need no. to edit anything or. You know, we'll try our best to like be mindful of that. <laughs> no, not at all, man. You just uh, you just go for it. I don't really edit anything. I just put them out as is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always think like, I don't know if you guys think the same, but if I'm chatting to someone, the more of me in it, 
then probably the worst the episode's going. <laughs> Do you know I what I mean? I disagree with that. I really? find that with hardcore listening, the more of me, like, I generally find, like, probably better, but it also would generally mean less of Chris, which is a positive. And, and also, Tom, so thanks, thanks after getting Chris on, phoning me up and saying uh, that my episode <laughs> on your podcast was way better than Chris's. I really appreciate that phone call, man. That was, that was really nice of you to uh, reach out and do that. <laughs> oh, no. cool. we'll do, I'll do a little intro, boys, and we just um, dive. You want us to record in. it our ends as well, Tom? I'll, I'll, I'll just do the Zoom, mate. If that's, Zoom, uh, yeah, 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 cool, yeah that, yeah, that'll man. be fine. I'm recording already. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. sure. Uh, so here we are with another episode of the Proper Mental Podcast, and my guests this week are Christopher William Glasson and Stuart Roy Whiffin. How are you guys? Hello. How you doing? Oh, guys, thank you for joining me this evening. I really, <laughs> really sure. appreciate it. It's nice to see you again. Hey, nice to see you again. Oh, yes, we great, man. It says yeah. six months ago that was, you know. Really? Mm, yeah, start of the year, like January. So was yeah. it six months ago that you come on? Yeah. As? Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. That's, Time uh, flies. It yeah. was a great chat, Tom. I really enjoyed that. And um, just great your, feedback your, on it as well. Yeah, yeah, really? we did. Um, and it's nice to come on come on yours. I mean, it took you six months, apparently, to invite <laughs> us on. But, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I was trying to get Stu on his own, but, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Too scared. I mean, he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't them, want you to see his dark side, basically. <laughs> have, we, have we had... Um, have, we, have we... I don't know, like... It, we always find that when we do episodes where we touch on more serious subjects, mm. considering we act like knobheads for probably 80% of them, mm. or probably 90 when we do do ones that touch on more serious um, topics, we get really engaging feedback, don't we? Mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. Probably because it's just a nice relief from... You know, serious chats are probably more of a relief than relief than listening to us waffle for like you know eighty percent of the time, mate. But um, I don't know. I, I, I guess the, the beauty of podcasts and you, Tom, we were just discussing this before we you know we started recording that you know you don't really edit yours, we don't edit ours, and many people kind of don't to an extent. It's very conversational, and I think the fact too that we did we we you know act like Wally's for eighty percent of the time, and then the serious stuff comes up. It doesn't ever feel like it's forced i guess so yeah. yeah i don't know who knows I but think yeah people, it is always welcomed people like that element don't they of sort of listening to a natural conversation it's like earwigging on an, on a train they're my favorite yeah. podcasts you know where you feel like you kind of just got an ear you know on the train and someone sat behind you yeah. and you're listening to the conversation and then they yeah. get off and you think like oh, I, I need to know how this mm. plays out i need to Follow know up. what's happening <laughs> <Follow> <laughs> you know what yeah i have to start <laughs> have to start doing that <laughs> also I got the most feedback personally about mental health from talking on your podcast. Have you uh, been on Tom's then, Stu? No, oh, no, when Tom was on ours, sorry. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because when Tom uh, came on ours, I spoke quite openly, if I remember rightly, mm. uh, and it was one of the most sort of things that I got feedback as well about, oh, I didn't know that, and, I'll, you know, well done for... for speaking about it, talking about it. And it was like one of the ones that I got really good positive feedback from as well. So, uh, oh, yeah, not only was it a good episode, but uh, I looked incredible as well, which is always... People more... felt more sorry for you because that was the messages I was getting about yeah. you. Yeah. Mainly yeah. saying, dump him now, like get yeah. 
Yeah. He sounds. He doesn't sound sound. Bring wide, Tom in. He's know. way more dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you two really had a vibe. Well, it's funny you should mention that actually, because I thought that would be a really interesting starting point for our conversation today. Because something that you mentioned, Stu, when we um, spoke earlier in the year, that leading up to that point, you'd been um, experiencing some disconnectedness, some sort of loneliness. I think you put it. And uh, we're in the process of doing something about it. And I think loneliness is such a big factor in mental health, particularly men's mental health, particularly as we get older and journey through life. Right. And I was just wondering if we could sort of rewind a little bit and sort of catch up with you. I suppose what was happening at that time and then how did that work out when you started to put some things into to deal with that? Um, I, I, do you know what? And it was, it was you coming uh, on the podcast that really like kind of lift, like, like got that conversation really moving. And it was something that I sort of spoke to Chris about a little bit uh, previously and, and and maybe sort of mentioned it to, to, to Pip as I well. I just didn't want to hear it, mate. No, no. Like, I know you was just like, oh, just man up with you. <laughs> like, um, and, uh, and, and, and yeah, like literally once we finished, you know, uh, recording the year, I did think well, I need to do something because I was feeling probably for the first time in my life, I'm quite low. And I've never really felt like that before. And and quite lonely because I was working from home uh, and wasn't necessarily sort of seeing anyone face to face. Everything was like this, you know, as we are now, like remote. And, uh, and so I decided that I needed to kind of get a routine. So uh, I went and found an office space. I didn't necessarily need an office space. I've got one at the end of the garden, which I'm sitting in now, but, and it was money I couldn't necessarily, I wouldn't normally have justified spending, but I felt justified in the office rent because I I had to sort of change how my daily routine was. Mm. And I literally said to Chris this morning, I said, I've been in the office three days this week and I don't always go in. Like some weeks I might even pop in for a day and uh, it's not super expensive office. It's quite small, but I, I got the office space. I, you know, we, we've kitted it out nice, haven't we? It looks, it looks great for, for you know, we can film our podcast there, and, and, and you know, and and it just changed everything. Just getting up in the morning, and because I would get up and go for a run and do all the things that I thought, you know, are, are going to straighten you out and make you feel a little bit better and more positive, and it wasn't necessarily doing anything, but getting an office space and getting out the house for eight hours or even sometimes like just a few hours going into the office, no distractions. I put a bit of music on or YouTube music videos on in the background and I just get on with my day and, and then I come home and I feel like I've got something to talk about rather than oh, I've sat on that sofa and it's now seven o'clock and I'm going to go and sit on this sofa now and, and not really do anything. I mean, obviously it's difficult work. to work at home and not masturbate all day. Isn't it? That's the that's the, the main problem. In a nutshell, that's where I was going with the whole thing. So, <laughs> yeah. so cheers the for tying that up, Chris. But, sorry, uh, Stu, my, my um, crash jokes. Did you? Sorry, you was going to say something else there. But one of the other things was this timed with 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 Chris as well, saying he was going to go part time at work mm-hmm. uh, and sort of free up a couple of days a week so we can explore things that we want to do, you know, yeah. together, like with the podcast and, and how we can grow the podcast. And things like that, and 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 you know, that's it's down to Chris how much he wants to say, you know, as this podcast unfolds. But hmm. you know, Chris has had a, a a pretty tough few years, and and uh, and he's has got a lot 
to deal with and, <laughs> and, and has been dealing with that. And when he's been in like local to where my office is, we've met up and we've hung out and we've recorded. And But we've, we've definitely been more consistent and more proactive with our podcast work than I think we've ever been, maybe. And yeah. With the plan to moving forward that, that Chris will, when there's a few things that need to be taken care of in your personal life, isn't there? Yep. And then yep. once once they're done, then it's like, right, one day a week, we, we spend, you know, eight hours in there filming, recording and masturbating. So there's not, there's nothing I like more than work, working with you, Shu. One, one of my favourite people, work colleagues, as well as friends. Um, <clears throat> and it's been really cool to go into that office. And uh, yeah, annoy, annoy, unfortunately, Tom, some things happen where I have, I've got to just put a bit of time in sorting something out and I've got no other option but to do it on my, when I went part-time was to do this stuff with the podcast. But I've had to go and do this other thing, but it's nearly finished now. Um, but Shu, what you said there, I um, heard someone say, it's, it, it was more about habit forming than it was about, um, you know, helping, affecting, like say, your mental health. But I, I still think it's the, it kind of rings true. It's actually easier sometimes to change your physical environment than it is to change your, your emotional landscape, your mental one. And so if you're feeling down and, or, or whatever, whatever feelings that you're having, if you feel if you can make some changes maybe to your physical environment, whether even that's at home or like you, your choice was to go and work somewhere else, that actually can be easier to get hold of and start to affect change within than actually how you feel mentally. And actually then that can be the catalyst that helps you um, sort of like, you know, it might perk you up a little bit, it might be the, just the inertia you need to start getting out of those feelings of what, whatever they happen to be. But Tom, your question definitely for me, like lonely, when I, my, one of my biggest triggers for depression which I haven't really had for a while, even through whatever I've been going through recently, is um, I just know that do not lock myself away and just become a hermit because I will I will absolutely fall off a cliff. I have to have um, social contact. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. And I think when maybe as you get older and you stop having the same, you know, you have other things to be getting on with, right, rather than hanging out with your mates all the time. Yeah. And it, it's so slow and so incremental, you don't always notice that you're lonely, you know? And it's so easy to get like almost superficial levels of connection. So like through podcasting, right? I might sit down with someone and I might chat to them for an hour and have this really, really deep and meaningful connection and I'll feel connected to them. But that's surface level because I don't know them, you know? And I might feel like I'm their friend, but I don't know them really. It's not the same as having an actual friend you know to like sit down with and talk and and that sort of stuff and i think modern life it's really easy to kind of have these connections that trick us into thinking that we're really well connected and we have all these relationships when in really maybe we don't you know and i think that that is a problem is it, it kind of like blindsides you a little bit and when you really think about it, you look around and go hang on a minute i am bloody lonely and all i've done is just work and go for a run on my own you know and and it, it creeps up on you and, and, it, and that's when the problems really come i think I think we know what social media does to us, yeah, really. Like, you know, it's not been around very long. Like, we are more connected in a way. Yeah, absolutely. I was, uh, my mum could have a chat, FaceTime with her brother who lives in France. It was amazing. But, you know, that's just like having, talking to lots of people and having the access to lots of people on the phone. I don't think, I, I, I am terrible on the phone and, you know, social media because, 
I don't get anything out of it, Tom. I, if it's dead to me. Like, look, reading a screen and that. Sometimes texting Stu and us being silly is quite enjoyable. But I, it's, it, it, I've never got any sort of reward out of it. Like, I, I like to be in a room with people. Um, yeah, and beyond that, I, you know, I, I feel lonely just texting people on the phone and calling them. I'm not that guy. I don't really want to phone up my mates and go, how are you in yourself? And I know that's a, that can be a problem, especially for men. But I want to just, I, I prefer to be with people. So I, I have to try and force that. And like you say, otherwise it can feel like an artificial connectedness. You know, human beings for what, how many hundreds of thousands of years, we haven't had social media. To be connected, you were near them. You could, I was going to say smell them, but you know, you, you, you had a real physical interaction with them. Um, and I just love how she smells. So yeah, maybe that's what I miss. <laughs> Incidentally, Tom, should you be on a train and hear a good conversation? Lean over and smell them as well. Yeah, just give them a good, give them a good sniff. Yeah, just to be, just to be sure. How, yeah. how have you been, Tom, since we last last yeah. chatted? I've been good, man. I've been good. Yeah, I've, I've just been. Um, I'm, a, I'm a plodder, right? So I like to. I have this kind of rule that I live by. I live my life at eighty percent. That's something I learned from therapy. So if I live my life at eighty percent and something happens because life's always going to throw you soon, right? It's always, something's always going to happen. If you're living at 80%, you can absorb that, right? I used to live my life at 100%. And then when stuff happened, I couldn't handle it. And it used to break me, you know? So I try and keep my life ticking over 75, 80%. And when I feel that speeding up and I feel myself spinning more plates and saying yes to more stuff, then I could, that that's my signal then to go, and no, slow your roll, man. You know what happens if you go down this road? Um, so yeah, I've just been plodding, man. I've just been ticking over, but, um, yeah, it's doing all right. I'm in deep in therapy at the moment. I've got a new therapist. I'm in the process of coming off my meds. Um, I made a decision start of the year. I was going to come off my medication. So back into therapy just to make Mm. sure I had that like therapeutic, you know, blanket wrapped around me. And, um, I've just been working that and that's a nice reminder to take better care of myself you know because i'm kind of rather than having this crutch that i've had for the last couple of years it's like right i really i can't make excuses and just not do this shit because i ain't got them pills no more right so i've got to got to stay on it so yeah but i've been good mate thank you for asking that's been uh yeah it's been uh it's been cool are you reducing the uh medication so yeah. you sort of like gradually sort of coming off it instead of like just one day just yeah, I've been it. yeah, I've been taking alternate days. I did that for like six weeks, and then I've just moved to like one every three days. Um, and then after this, I'll probably probably bin them. But um, yeah, it's, it's it's been cool, man. It's been all right. Yeah, it's been it's been uh, <laughs> it's been sound. Yeah, but I suppose I've been thinking a lot about the loneliness aspect because that's something for me. I've been exploring quite a lot. Is it International um, Loneliness Week this week? I don't know. I it's, think it might be. It could be. You know, it's either that or International burger week or you know, like, <laughs> yeah, one, one or the other yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah it's been something i've exploring myself a lot and um yeah like i said when we talked before Stu, it really stood out to me and i was thinking that with loneliness as well well with the men's mental health conversation right i'm starting to like work with this theory that we're always telling men they can't talk and i'm not sure how like positive that is we're just telling men they can't talk all the time and i'm much more interested in not so much why men don't talk about mental health but what is it that men can't talk about because i don't even think half the time blokes ain't got the words and that's why they don't talk about stuff and i think loneliness is one of those things because mm. you know like well you know when i was at school you didn't want to be billy no mates right you didn't want to be that that kid so rather than put your hand up and say oh, i'm a bit lonely i need to do something about it then i think people go the other way and they like posture up and say i'm fucking lonely mate you know what i mean i'm having the time of my life and i, I just i just think that's a really really big big factor you know 
being honest, be honest with yourself. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Yeah. And with the talking conversation, I suppose something else that interested me with you guys is your dynamic because you guys, you kind of alluded to it before. You'll talk a lot of nonsense, but you can quite easily drop into these quite deep conversations. I've listened to your podcast and, and other podcasts that you've been on and um, heard many a times you guys talking about really heavy stuff and getting quite emotional. And I was kind of wondering how naturally that comes to you guys. Is that something you had to learn how to do or is that something you've always done together or is because it's not, you know, you're doing the thing that blokes are always told they can't do, <laughs> but you guys are doing it, right? We've got, we went and got psychology degrees, didn't we, Shu, basically? Mm. Dead smart. Mm. I wouldn't say, I, I, I don't know, Shu, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, I, I'm, I think I've been lucky. I, I was talking uh, about this a little while ago and, and I, I feel quite lucky that, I've been surrounded with the sort of friends that I grew up with. So I think, mm. and, and I'm not suggesting that the bloke on the building site is any less inclined to, to talk openly than the bloke that might want to be in a band or the bloke that paints pictures or the bloke that writes songs. But I've always surrounded myself with quite creative people. And I do think from my experience, I'm trying not to generalize here that people in the arts and creative fields seem to be more comfortable expressing themselves, you know, through that. And, and, you know, I'd always write songs about breakups and, and stuff like that. And, and, and I think because I was surrounded by similar sorts of people, the conversations were always there and were always being had. And it was like, no one was just like, shut up, mate. Like it was just, you know, growing up at, I guess by the time I'd sort of hit like 1920, you know, Nirvana had happened and, you know, then it, it I was I thought like, we had the year then for a minute, Stu. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> oh, but, God, it's one of my favourite ages comments that I've heard in a long time against you, Stu. Oh, oh brilliant. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it always felt like totally, totally comfortable just having them conversations with my friends and when I worked on a building site uh which I did do for many years um you I felt I had to pick and choose my moments there when people are are literally holding up the 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 Sunday sport and whatever and and talking about knockers that's not when I want to start asking them about what Smith's b-side they like the most you know it's like them them conversations weren't being had I, I lucked out that when I got into construction, that the, the person that I got put with was the most open-minded, liberal, forward-thinking, progressive, lovely human that I could have ever have, 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 have been put with. He was literally probably 20 years older than me and was just a... Uh, he, he died a couple of years ago, unfortunately, and, and we was, you know, it was really tight. And, and it was like, just even in them environments that I found myself in, which... I think can sometimes be tough environments and there's a lot of work within the construction industry to, you know, highlight the fact that, you know, it's all right to not be all right. Uh, but yeah, I, I've been really lucky that the people that I've surrounded myself with and been friends with, not all of them, but most of them uh, have been always comfortable having them conversations. So that made it easy for me to have them conversations with them. So, and again, meeting people like, you know, later in life, meeting Chris and meeting Pip, and, you know, all of Chris and Pip's circle of friends have, you know, become my friends as well and vice versa. And and them conversations 
I'll, I'll, I'll always never, you know, never not going to happen if, if someone feels like they want to talk. So, yeah, I'm j just lucky, lucky that I've got good people around me. Oh, mate, is that similar for you, Chris? You know, is that have you always been, um, you know, like a, a deep thinker and, a, and an open talker? I think, unfortunately, I've not ever had. Sorry, just to, to clarify, I'm, a, I'm an open talker. I'm not a deep thinker. <laughs> <laughs> just, let's clear that up. Like, uh, what was it uh, Amsterdam in Gangs of New York? We're deep thinkers. Uh, that was my Irish. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I've always been quite an open book, Tom. I don't think that that's ever been. Um, that's just something I've been. It's, it's a gift and it's, it's, it's great that I can be an open book and I've, I've never really had an issue with uh, just speaking the truth, even if, you know, regardless of the consequences. I try not to be rude to someone with the truth, you know, I'm not, I try not to be obstinate with it, but that's never been a problem. In fact, probably in, in some instances, you know, do, you, do I need to share it? Absolutely everything. Like for the last, like, two months all we've talked about is my foreskin on the uh, on the podcast and I, I don't mind people knowing about things that are going on in my life so I don't know I think I was probably lucky I'd be absolutely lying and I'd be post-rationalizing it and making it sound way more um, intentional than it, it than it ever was for me I, I, but to, to look at like um, I, I do think to have uh, to, to have those conversations you've got to be prepared to be vulnerable right and, and and weirdly Stu I think that um and I think that's great I think human beings decent humans right who will be drawn to you if you just lay it all out there you know unless you're laying it all out there that you've been murdering people for the last 20 years but being honest about your vulnerabilities and things that you're sometimes a little worried about most of the time people are like, oh right you're just a human being then with you know who self-reflects and has worries and that's kind of reassuring um, but also in terms of your all your friends too, who are creative, I don't know. I don't know many. I've never worked on a on a building site or anything like that. But the creative industries are, of whatever you're doing, you are having to put yourself out there, aren't you? And and so you're having to dare to be vulnerable when you're doing anything like that. To you know, whether you're a comedian or a musician or an artist, you're going to get shot down. So maybe there is a degree of ability to be a bit more open. And not worry, you know, be prepared to take the abuse. Um, whereas on maybe on, on building sites, I don't know. I feel like I'd be talking for people on building sites. Um, like I don't know if you're opening up about that stuff would have just put you in line for getting absolutely abused. I, I don't know. Uh, but certainly within the creative industry, I guess that helps that you're already daring to be vulnerable. So yeah. Yeah, I suppose creatively, like people are used to kind of looking inside themselves and then yeah, taking that out and putting it putting it out into the world yeah maybe it's why you know why people like those deeper moments on your podcast you know because people can can relate to that you know and i often find with these difficult conversations is that you know someone needs to go first you know and i think like mm. like i said before rather than just constantly telling men that they can't talk and that's mm. it you know mm. by going first by having those conversations by you know one minute doing top fives about nonsense and the next minute having like a real deep and meaningful people kind of hear that and they go all oh, right so that's okay to do that oh brilliant do you know what i mean it's like yeah. oh well if he can do it i can do it it kind of gives people permission if someone goes first it drops the gate for everyone else i think yeah that's such a good observation i, I yeah and i don't think like we I, I don't really notice if we go, if we start going that way, it's like, okay, it's going to go this way. There's never like a, right, we're going to need to cue this up so we can then have a segue into something serious. And I never feel awkward about it. I mean, 
I mean, like any conversation, whether or not it's with Stuart or anyone else, I think you, pro you probably know quite quickly if that conversation is making someone feel uncomfortable because not everyone wants to just like, just, you know, just spill their guts straight away. Uh, but yeah, it, it, someone does have to go first. But weirdly, and this is such a weird um, contrast I'm going to draw, but Stu used to have me manage some of his club nights. And at those club nights, there'd be like, like there's normally a couple of headliners who most people would know. They're quite famous or whatever. And um, when I was younger, I used to get starstruck really easy. But as, as I got older, I just, I was really securing myself and also just done it so much, I didn't care who it was. And I would have very like, pedestrian conversations with these with, with the famous people who come on like we, we talk about cars being broke down and whatever but I often would do that like they say are you all right and I would say the most boring average thing you can imagine about my day and I always found that people would open up about that like these people who I think sometimes would get harangued by people who want to talk about something you know to do with their career or being famous or whatever I didn't have those chats and then we'd have I have bonds quite quickly with these people just because it, it it wasn't there was no premise there it was just a, I didn't mind telling them straight away I'm having a shit day and joke about it and then they'd go yeah no that ha literally happened to me two days ago and then all of a sudden you're not having this fake around a DJ stand conversation that I've I've had many a time but yeah it's not it's not like a real chat and the sooner you can do that and if you can again show yourself to not to be happy to go there and talk about something yeah people will get on board with you normally quite quickly or they might act like a prick and you know ultimately you can't control human beings like that and you know it's just one less person that that person probably might be a little bit more you know might not want to spend so much time around so yeah yeah i suppose it's like connecting with someone on that human level right like just you know whether it's uh i don't know money or job or the fact that they're famous or whatever it's still just a normal person right it's still just a human being and there's something about yeah just connecting connecting on that human level that kind of breaks down a lot of boundaries i suppose yeah, yeah. i should yeah, add that all of them club nights that chris run for me uh all crashed and burned as well and no longer exist <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was often I was often quite drunk as well. <laughs> there we go. There is the facts. Uh, <laughs> now we're getting into it. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're getting to it. it. Yeah. Stu or Pip would be trying to DJ and I'd be getting tequila shots over their heads while they're on the turntables past. Right hunting me like a dog when I was DJing um, once. Amazing. It made you better. It made you a better DJ. Yeah, the ultimate level of uh, vulnerability, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. But um, yeah. Sorry, I lost my um train of thought with that. Yeah, Chris, you sorry, you mentioned um, you mentioned depression before. Mm. How do you keep an eye on yourself, mate? How do you um, you know, how do you uh, stop yourself from falling down that hole? Um, so it's just behaviours that I know aren't healthy for me. Um, so one, one would be if I'd started to lock myself off from other people. I, I, I love being around people. I'm also not the person who arranges it. So I like to go to holidays, parties, whatever. I can have a lot of fun there, but I'm not very good at going, right, okay, guys, today we're all going to go here. Um, so I, I, you know, I have to be conscious of that. Like if someone's not doing that, if I've not got someone sort of like planning that in, I will have to make some sort of form of effort to make sure I stay connected. But there's other things like um, uh, 
be careful with social media. I don't really try not to scroll people's lives or I never use Instagram or Twitter. I'm a bit bad on YouTube. So I have to be careful with that. Um, and computer games, like for example, um, I find if I play computer games too much, I don't play them at all at the moment, but that can make me, uh, I feel like I'm procrastinating and that is one of the, wor the worst feelings I can have. Um, if I feel I'm not doing anything useful, I get frustrated, I get anxious, I get feelings of like rage. Um, and so if I start getting those, it's like, okay, this is bad. I mean, even even things like diet, like we just were talking about, you, you know, your physical environment can start dictating. Well, that I think your physical diet environment could be what you're fucking, excuse me, uh, stuffing in my face. And recently my diet has been really quite poor. Like I'm getting physical side effects from it. Um, and you know, that can have meant it can trigger me with mental side effects. Like when I've been at my lowest, I was literally uh eating like takeaway fried chicken like twice a week and, uh, and other takeaways, and it's just like all this stuff is just not good for my body. It doesn't make you lethargic, tired, that's gonna feed into the procrastination. I'm gonna put on weight, it's gonna affect my body self-image and stuff like that and so it all ties in so yeah be careful to try and eat uh, get back into exercise which is what i'm trying to sort of get back into now i've just not been able to exercise for a few months now really um and and just limit things like the the things that can just give you little dopamine hits that aren't real do dopamine hits like you know look at watching a youtube video or you know checking facebook it's just not it's not how I don't think it really rewards me. So yeah, I have to avoid those things. And if I do those things, uh, Tom, really, I'm, I, I can be all right. Just keep me keep me busy and, and doing things constructive. Constructive can be putting up a set of shelves. I know it sounds silly, but for me, that's that's fine, man. I, I like doing stuff like that. Yeah, there's a lot to be said by like little achievements. I think that's mm. really important. You know, we mm. always kind of want to achieve these big things, right? So we always think that just to get something done, it has to be this big thing that we can take pictures of and boast about, but there's something really satisfying. And I think really important, there must be some, I don't know, like old reason in our brains why it's good for us. Cause there usually is right. But you know, <laughs> just like, just, yeah. Setting like these little tasks and just achieving and, and taking a minute to kind of just sit in that and enjoy it because we move on dead fast. Don't we? Something shit happens and we can talk about it for days, but something good happens. You go, Oh yeah, that was sick. And then just move on to the next thing. Oh, right. But yeah. there's a lot to be said for enjoying those smaller things. I think. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely ties into gratitude, mate. hundred percent. And like, I, I guess actually, well, okay, bizarrely, the last time I dug myself out of depression, um, I was meditating a lot. And during my, med my meditation practice, I practiced gratitude. So I would literally, I, I have a, like a, a routine and who I would thank and thank for, be thankful for. Unfortunately, Stuart, Stuart wasn't on the list, but, you know, sorry, man. So, yeah, they, I, I would literally practice, practice all the things I'm grateful for and all the great things that I have that are just easily overlooked. Me and Stu recently have spoken about just what's one of the best things in the world. I can't get over how great beds are. I literally can't get my get, head around a bed. Um, they're just so comfortable and amazing. Like, and I sit there and think how many like people in the third world have got a bed like I've got, and yet every morning I wake up in that, and there was for many, many years, we'd never have thought that. It would be like, oh, I like my bed, but not to really give it the gratitude that, you know, that, that we, that we get to have those small things really. So yeah, gratitude as well. And a good, um, and a, and a, and a routine 
I need routine. I think I haven't tested yet, but we, we had a guest on not that long ago. And um, I've been talking to her about getting tested for ADHD. My girlfriend, we looked at the um, sort of like all the indicators for it. And Molly was like, yeah, mate, I think you've 100% got ADHD. That's fine. I, I really don't care. Like, I, and I guess that's why I've never bothered. I, I think about five years ago, I looked into it and I went, oh, this does really sound quite a lot like me. I don't want to just sloppily diagnose myself, but also I didn't care enough at the time to do anything about it. Now I might go and check just because if you know, if, if, if I do have it, then I might be able to find things that, you know, help me ensure I have routine. And Stu will know I'm, I'm terrible with routine, like doing social media posts. It's two things I'm really weak at. One, I hate social media because I don't get the reward that other people might from it. I don't really care about being liked or anything like that. And uh, it's a struggle for me. Two, it's the well, routine. Like... As well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and two, it's the, it's routine. Like, she's, she's wonderful. He's got such a good routine. And I'm, I marvel at it. Like, his morning routine and stuff like that. Um, and it's something I'd, I struggle with. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny you say, actually, about um, ADHD, because I think the the biggest impact on mental health that having ADHD is like when you have to pretend you haven't got it, right? Because (laughs) your brain works differently to the acceptable system. So you're trying to cram yourself into a box you don't fit into. And I'm a therapist I work with, um, a guy called Sean, and he's uh, he's dyslexic. He's very, very Mm -hmm. dyslexic. And one of his sons is also dyslexic. And one of his sayings that has always stuck by me is um, he says, what's good for dyslexics is good for everyone. So he has to have a series of things, series of routines in his life to slow it down in a way so that he can kind of, you know, compute it and Mm. and not rush through things. And when these things aren't there, he really, really struggles and he notices it in his son as well. And I just love that saying. And I think it's similar with like ADHD as well. I think that the techniques that people who are neurodiverse that they can use to navigate their life, I think if we all apply them, whether you need to or not, I think it just makes it, 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 there's the potential there to build those routines, you know, that make things uh, easier. Yeah. What does this routine of yours involve, Stu? You sound like you've got, uh, got something on the go to help yourself out there. It's it's nothing sort of set in stone. I try and, I try and get up quite early. Um, I'm normally sort of awake and sort of floating about normally about half six and, and I'll get up and I'll, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. The first thing I do is turn my phone on um and i'll make myself a lot of coffee a big cafeteria <laughs> coffee uh and then i sit down and i do my morning posts and it's not like oh here's me having my coffee it's my morning post for the three thousand podcasts that i have um and uh and and yeah and i just do my posts for my clubs and like and, and, and the podcasts and i know that that's done uh and then i'll generally either take my dog for a walk or go for a run and then I'll go, if I'm not working from home, I'll go into the office uh, and I will make notes on my phone of things that I have to do each day. So that's one of the things I do when my, when the kettle's boiling is I'll look at my, um, my what, what I've got coming up today. And, uh, and then generally I'll sit there, once I've done them posts, I'll drink my coffee, kind of work out a little sort of routine for the day of how I'm going to sort of go through that. And if there's things like this morning when I, I was going to the office, I knew that I was recording with Chris quite early um and i get a different calmer happier feeling from like the day before i interviewed a, a guest for my music podcast and 
And I've, I've met that person a couple of times before, but it's still someone that I don't really know. And it's there's something that's quite comforting about knowing that I'm recording with Chris today because I, know, I can carry the podcast as usual. Well, I was going to say, not that you know, to, to say to, to to make it clear that we're even more unprofessional than people probably already know, but we have got a really nice connection that yeah. we don't have to spend you know two hours before each podcast prepping. We can just go on and. We're lucky that the listeners seem to seem to just feel like they know us, and a lot of them do know us now, uh, and, uh, uh, and and seem quite happy. Like this morning, we, you know, the, for those of you that that have never heard of our podcast, it's called Hardcore Listing, and we we get guests on and we ask them to pick a topic and count down a top five. And this morning's, well, I mean, we done one last week, like which is hilarious, you know, ridiculous and hilarious. The fact that Chris had his circumcision, uh, and we done a catch up episode. We had a top five ready to go, but we spent so long chatting and obviously laughing and, and ridiculing uh, Chrissy's recent surgery that before we knew it, it was like 40 minutes in. I was like, we don't even, we can just put this on Patreon and we know that the Patreons will really enjoy just us having a crack because it, it's, it just felt like such an, an easy and fun conversation. And we've done exactly the same this morning. Uh, and I really like that. It, that. That's a bit of a therapy for me. Just being yeah, able I to agree, mate. laugh. And I know that I'm going to laugh a lot. And I've said this to Chris before. Sometimes, you know, I could, we can both turn up and one of us can be like, Chris can be like, oh, fucking hell, I've had, you know, a really difficult night with my mum. Yeah, or like, yeah, yeah. You know, this has gone wrong. Or like, you know, you, you know. And, and the same, you know, it's like, oh, he's like, you are mad. I'm fucking pissed off. I've had to do blah, blah. Mm. But I guarantee 10 minutes into recording, we're both pissing our pants yeah, off. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like, and whether we're being... And we can really... be laughing about really rubbish shit as well, yeah. can't we? Like, like yeah. I... I Sorry, Sue, go on. No, and no, see, I, I was literally going to say what you, you said then. Like, like, you know, we can be being really fucking horrible to each other, but that's obviously done with love and, and through that connection, we love. know what we can do and what we can't do. <laughs> yeah, do you know absolutely. what I mean? We, yeah, we, yeah. Know, we know what we can get away with. And I think there's something nice. Like, you know, I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of our listeners and I'm probably way off the mark but I think there's something nice just for the podcast that I listen to I really like the Wolf and Owl podcast with Ramesh and Tom Davis and you know I see similarities only in the fact that they're so that they're really good mates and they're so comfortable with each other's sense of humor that they can rip each other they yeah. can be really honest with each other they can be vulnerable and open with each other and and i think that's the sort of podcasts that i like listening to and that's the sort of podcast that i enjoy mm. making as much as i've got bundles of other ones that are, are other bits and pieces that i'm into like you know subject matter that i'm into there's no subject matter as such with hardcore listing it can be everything you know and anything on each episode and that kind of open playing field and connection that chris and i have i think just makes for a really fun and easy experience every time we press record yeah do you think oh sorry tom go on no no go for it man go i was gonna say like we i i do find that one of the uh successes um and being able to talk about difficult things and and is is actually just being able to you know take the piss out of each other's misfortune I don't know what it is, but it, it kind of makes you then no longer feel like a, a victim about it. And you, you all laugh along with it and just go, I don't know. It could eat. I think some people can't 
do that. Like, they, like misfortune becomes this this thing where it's the worst thing in the world that's happened to them. And how dare you say that? How dare you make fun of me? And I'm like, I don't think it's healthy to heal that way. And I think uh, the way you, you make fun of each other, like for example. When I had a snowboarding accident in about February, uh, fell down, blew my collarbone. I don't know why I'm laughing already. <laughs> I, blew, I, I blew my collarbone to pieces. I broke it in three pieces on the side of the mountain. And that first like minute, I was screaming out and um, like, oh shit, you know, I don't know why I'm explaining, demonstrating what screaming out is. But I was in pain for about two minutes and then it numbed off. And my mates got me safe, secure. And the minute when they realised that I was like, Okay, being we've got this off a mountain. Yeah, once I got it sorted, which honestly was about five, no more than five minutes. Everything was kind of like, yeah, it was, it was broken, but I, I couldn't genuinely feel it that much. That when I was sat just on the mountain, and they got me in a little uh, thingy to carry me away, and the piss taking already had already started, and I loved it. I really enjoyed it, and like as 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 they carted me off the mountain, my mates were doing that American salute. <laughs> Like as they were dragging me off the mountain, and it was really funny. And I don't know. I think that really helps uh, levity in that for dark stuff. I mean, that isn't dark, is it? Just misfortune. It's not a tragedy. But being able to laugh at that sort of stuff and take the piss out of each other, I think, is a real big key to that. And also, if you don't do that, does that mean you also? I I, I found in, in scenarios where I've been with people where they kind of aren't that way inclined. I feel there's a degree of uptightness that where they they're worried of about saying something like that because it could potentially offend the other person, and then therefore nothing gets said. Whereas I kind of you know I'm sure there's things if we really tried we could really like offend each other in a way, but it could only be because the intent you, you, we're intending to offend each other. Stu can say the most horrible things about my mum and does routinely the person I love in the most in the world about. Her dementia, and I'm, I've never been offended by it at all. Oh, I don't I make jokes at your mum's dementia. Oh, you was, you was, you, 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 but you often make jokes about going around there to make love to her, I guess. Oh, yeah, which, but that's yeah, nothing yeah. to do with her dementia. No, no not I, really. I, I hang no, out actually. the back of a regular, but that's that's yeah. very different from uh, talking about dementia. I don't go there. Like, no, because yeah, you I'll, say I'll you, don't have, to, you don't have to pay her. You don't have to pay her because she, you, you just tell her that you've just paid her, and she's like, <laughs> "Did you?" Um, no, okay, fair enough. Sorry, Tom, you, if you need to edit any of this awful stuff about, you know, my mum. But, Not at all. But if you did shoot, I'm sure you've done them in the past. But I mean, I don't, wouldn't, rec- I, there you go. I don't really record, I don't make, I wouldn't record it that much or take it to heart anyway, because I know what he's done in jest. But I guess the fact is that because we do, we, we, we can veer into offensive discussions. It also means we're all right to talk about more serious, you know, when we yeah. want to be serious, we can. I don't know if there's any sense in that. Some Someone would say it's bollocks, but there you no, go. I think there's a lot of sense in it, man. I think that there's, um, it's a way that men communicate. And mm. I think it's sometimes a way of telling like a, a close mate that you love them. Yeah. You know, yeah, like it, it's, it's that. I think like women <laughs> might sit around at brunch and tell each other, but I mm. think men do it through that through teasing yeah. each other and through saying things and there is something so 
comforting about having the sort of relationship where you can like think something horrible and yeah. say it and know that no one's going to go that's horrible yeah. <laughs> you know it's, know that everyone's yeah. going to get on board yeah. with it yeah. there's, there's something about being that at ease in yourself because mm-hmm. there's so many scenarios in modern life where you can't be that at ease yeah. where you can't make the joke you really want to make because you know yeah. you're going to get in trouble at work or whatever it is you know it's, it's a it's a it's yeah i think it's a very important way for men to communicate i am um, i had a phone call today with 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 a, a mate of mine, he's he's a lot younger than me. Um, you know, he's in his sort of mid twenties. <laughs> and that, just to clarify that for you, make some kind of really fucking inappropriate joke. I was trying to, I was going to uh, pick a decade. Or, yeah, but... Uh, but yeah, but he's a lot younger than me, and and his his background and his family is is you know has 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 been it's quite well documented in in the you know the 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 the, the the history of the underworld and things like that. You know, he, he's not anything like that, but, he, but he's, you know, he's, he's people that have come before him were, and, and he's got such an open manner about him. And I, and I put the phone down on him today. Once we finish our conversation, obviously. Um, and, and I haven't spoke to him for a, a little while. And uh, he, he's one of my favorite people to spend time with. And, and, before he went, he was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm going to Boston. Yeah, I'm, I'm going away tomorrow, like uh, for 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 four days." And I was like, "Oh man, right. All right, we'll take care and like we'll catch up when we get back." And he was like, "Yeah, no worries. Like, uh, love you, brother." And like, and I was like, "Yeah, I love you too, man." And and I just thought, he just told me he loves me, and mm. I've just told him I love him, and I don't think I've ever said that to my dad. And like, but I'm completely comfortable in saying that to a mate. And and it, 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 and it was really weird. So I put the phone down and I was in the office on my own. I just thought, and I was, it's nice to catch up with Georgie and like have a good old chat. And and uh, and I just thought, yeah, it's quite weird that. Like, because it felt completely normal to do that. We do that all the time whenever we, 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 we chat. But uh, I then just thought, it is weird, like that, you know, I've known this this guy maybe sort of ten years, but I've known my dad forty nine years, and I'd never finish a conversation with my mum every time. Love you, mum. See you later. But my dad, I never go. Love you, dad. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something I've been testing out. I've been trying to say that more to the, the people in my life. Yeah. Um, I heard about. It was actually in an interview. You know, um, Guy Garvey from Elbow. And they had that, that, el- that album they did, The Seldom Seen Kid, and that's about his mm. mate who died, right? And I, I saw in an interview or something that he, the, the guy that the album's about, he always used to say, I love you at the end of conversations. And Guy Garvey was saying, like, I can't remember what the last conversation we had, but I know the last thing we said is that we told each other we loved each other because that's how we finished every conversation. So it has to yeah. be the last thing I said to him. And I thought, wow, I like that yeah. so much. And I'm going to try and do it and i've got a mate and when he texts me sometimes he always puts a kiss at the end of the message and i kind of thought like i want to do that too but that always feels quite bold as well there's like part of me is like don't do it don't do it but part of me's like how lovely is that do you know what i mean like that's yeah. dead nice and I, I, do, I do that on everything i've started even doing that with people that are like that i do work with that like after a few emails i don't even know these people but sometimes i quite like just put in have a lovely evening stew kiss and yeah, and that's like, that's why Acast aren't going to host the scene. And yeah, you know, I've I've got seven court injunctions out of me at the moment. <laughs> but uh, it's but the no, pictures just, of you in the bath that you see. Like, 
Yeah, that's a whole unsolicited thing that keeps getting in the way. That does like, um, but no, I, I think there's something really nice about that. I think like I, I'd like that, and I'm not necessarily projecting anything untoward on anyone, but I think it's nice to be a bit more open and a bit more. Do you remember fast. the first time you got you, you received a kiss from one of your boy mates on a text? I, I, I literally remember the text message that I got it, and I was like, oh, it was from Mike Francis. Uh, love Mike actually went to Cooper's with him he was a few years younger than me and uh, he's one of the sort of like uh, Bill Ricky crew he's, he's brilliant Mike is and uh, I remember him sending me that and just and I just was like never seen that before and I was like that's proper nice and it, it, it had that, that effect on me so I was like yeah that's that's wonderful it's wonderful mm. and, and and that love you uh, thing that you used to talk about Tom so my buddy uh, Andy Chambers who does the Born Human podcast you I've guys had him on yeah. I've had him on yeah Andrew was doing that to me year, like uh, years, 10 years ago. I go, love you, man. And it was like, oh, yeah, I love you too, Andy. And like, it's, it's funny because, it, yeah, it's a funny, like, I remember saying that and being like, that was nice and liberating because I do love him. You know, he's like my oldest friend. Like, literally, my mum and his mum would go to maternity class together. There's pictures of me and him in the bath as babies and as grown men. And... Um, <laughs> and like it's, it's nice man when he said it and he was the first guy to say that and I went that's nice that's cool and and, and I was really lucky Stu actually my dad came from a very like my dad's dad was a bit um, bit un, unloving to him like he would like my dad would have to he'd finish school and his dad would take him to the pub like in East like Romford way where he would go in and drink until nine o'clock at night and dad was left to stand outside the pub kicking a can down the road like four nights a week and um so he didn't have like his dad was quite hard on him yeah my dad loved me and he really even though he he was quite um, he was definitely a man's man my dad you can probably tell from how masculine i am <laughs> um but uh, he was a real man's man like people were unnaturally scared of my father mainly because he looked like hulk hogan like he didn't know he didn't even like wrestling he, he didn't realize quite how much he looked like him he was a man's man but he he did he was he was i could tell he was even from like my mid-teens that he was open to tr really trying to be uh, someone who showed his feelings to me and I'd hug him and tell him I love him and I'm, I'm forever grateful that I managed to, to have that with my dad. But I could tell it was absolutely fucking alien to him. Like, you know, like I, I knew that that was nothing. He was like, he wouldn't be saying like that to, well, even my mum, uh, just knock her about a bit. I think that's how he showed he loved her. Sorry, just DV jokes here, not great. Um yeah, he was like he was he was he's loving to my mum, but that was it. Other than me and my mum, like my dad didn't really display affection to other people. Other than he did, but Tom, it's in that way that you were talking about. My dad was the old, almighty biggest wind-up merchant going. He'd he'll wind up, he'll just even if he doesn't know you, if he sees <laughs> if he sees an opportunity to start like start teasing someone, but in a fun way, like he'd want him to be in on the joke and laugh after. But yeah, I guess that's how dad showed it. But I'm so grateful that. I got the chance to be able to hug him and say, I love you and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice, man. I think it's a nice way to be, isn't it? To the people that are around you to, um, yeah, to, to have these things on. I'm, I'm going to do it, man. Like from tonight, that's it. I'm saying more. I love yous. I'm putting kisses on the end of my texts. I'm going all in. Do it. Do I'm it. going all in. Yeah, that's it. 
Yeah. Well, guys, how are you doing for time, man? I think we're, uh, we, you guys need to be off. I think we're heading towards wrapping up, but um, I can't. I'm all good. Yeah. I can't thank you enough for uh, for coming for coming on, man. I really, really appreciate it. It's been an absolute pleasure. And um, yeah, man. Yeah, awesome. Lots thank of you, fun. Man. Love, love Jane. In. Yeah, Absolutely, no, our, our mate. pleasure, mate. Absolutely, always. Oh, mate, thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers. Big up to the proper mental podcast. The proper mental podcast. <laughs>